0: Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solutions to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Tini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. So we have arrived to another episode of the podcast. And today we want to interview an innovative startup, a startup that is trying to fight fast furniture. You know, in the home interior is one of the, and the building industry is one of the biggest consumer of resources in art. If you see the circular economy report of 2021, we have seen that housing consume almost 50% of minerals. And it has a very big responsible for emissions. We want to understand now from our guests how they want to fight that. And I'm very pleased to welcome Marike Campos. Thank you. Marike, what is your story and what is your call for sustainability?
1: We founded uh, The Substitute. It's uh, in the Netherlands. Maybe that's also good to tell the listeners. Uh, we're located in the Netherlands and we founded The Substitute and we are a platform forming community for the sustainable alternative uh, in interior decoration and redecoration. We're fighting fast furniture uh, because it's a big problem. It's it's something that a lot of people don't think about. I think in the last years, especially in the Netherlands, but I think worldwide, you see that there's way more attention for the fast fast fashion problem. And also uh, people are looking into what they're consuming, uh, what they're eating, uh, where it comes from. When it comes to their interior, they're not thinking about where it comes from, who made the their stuff in their houses. A lot of the same problems arise in the furniture sector as they are present in the fashion sector. So we're fighting that with the substitute. And um, yeah, that's something we're, we're really uh, passionate about.
0: Wonderful. So what is your background? Have you always been there or is it something that you realized
1: no, 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 not at all. I started my career, actually, uh, I, I've, I finished uh, international business studies, actually. And then I started my career as a corporate management trainee at, uh, at a bank, a uh, Dutch bank, Rabobank. i been working in wholesale banking actually around six years. So I did something really, really different, actually. When I was working there, I really missed uh, having a purpose and making impact, uh, both in my role, because you're just a small player in a big corporation. And you, we were working with a lot of big customers, uh, worldwide customers, but yeah, the impact you have as a person is not that big. And I also miss the the fact, yeah, working on a purpose or or doing something for the earth, that's better than just providing money to corporations that, yeah, were not always that thoughtful of how they handled the earth and their impact on it. After a couple of years, I decided to quit. And then I sort of enrolled in the crowdfunding sector, actually only for co- companies that made an impact, sustainable companies, One Planet Crowd. It was really nice. I think that was in the beginning years of crowdfunding, which was really small at that time. I think Kickstarter just launched, and you saw in the Netherlands also some new platforms um, arising that also provided more loans and convertible loans and things like that. I was a commercial director there, so it was a startup. When I started, we were with four people. When I left, I think we were with 12 or something. I think that was really nice. I, I met so many great entrepreneurs that were that had solutions for all the problems we we face as society at the moment. So I really love working with them and see how we could get funding so their great ideas could come to life. And when I was younger, I was I always wanted to be an interior decorator. I think I, I did I did some courses on that, but I don't think I'm an interior decorator in my heart, or how do you say it? I don't think I'm a real interior decorator, but I really like the topic and I like nice stuff and beautiful surroundings and things like that. So i worked as a freelancer and did some courses on um, interior decoration. And I, did, I started an interior blog also on sustainability because I saw that there was, was a lot of information I was looking into myself. I was, I was moving to a more sustainable lifestyle myself. So I was really reading into things on fashion and food, but I couldn't find anything on interiors. So Marike, you have really
0: struggled to find your ikigai, your passion your uh, really the sense of purpose and what you really like, the interior designing, and how the substitute came into light. How you you managed to get your Rikigai?
1: I started this blog also um, on sustainable interior decoration because I saw that there was like cool startups providing solutions already and and cool furniture that was sustainably made. But on the other hand, a lot of consumers didn't know they existed. And then I met my business partner, Magdolt, and she had the idea of the first sustainable living fair in the Netherlands to organize that one. And I thought it was a really cool idea because it's even better than a blog because a blog is just on paper on the internet, but this was in real life. So we connected and um, we had a very good click. I think we were really lucky to meet each other. We are both really have a very different background. She's a creative director, has a background in working with internet platforms and UX while I I came from the financial side and the business development side. So it really works together. I think this was in June or something, 2019, we started organizing the fair. It was really challenging. We I think we only had four months Uh, because the fair was in September. We had four months to organize it, but uh, we managed to get like 40 really cool companies to bring them together. We had like 1,200 visitors or something of the first fair. That was really nice. And we saw that there was like automatically a community feeling or people really link, everybody has the same purpose so people connected from the different companies and people started working together and exchanging information and so we thought we should do more with it like not only organize a fair but have something all all year round to help people work together I mean it's a big challenge I think the same goes for every sector fast fashion, food, I think we live in such a complex world at the moment with like production change with all different players and it's difficult to get a grip on all these, these steps in your production process. So I think it's really good to exchange knowledge on, on these topics and help each other out because it's most of the companies in the interior sector and the furniture sector are really small, small and medium enterprises. I think 80% is, consists of less than 10 people working there. So that's different than the fashion industry, where you have like all these big global players like Sara, H&M. But furniture, you've got IKEA, but then hmm, you've got a lot of local players, smaller players. So we thought we should do more with it, and which was a good idea because then uh, Corona came, I think. So physical fairs, we didn't have any last year. So we hope we have the next... Uh, Uh, sustainable living fair in november again this november that would be great but at the same time we built this internet platform and community so that's where we're at right now so we've got the platform is live with the first uh, smaller and bigger companies and now we're working on growing the community and also building a more network and knowledge organization that's what we're working on right now of companies that uh, we connect them so they can go to the same client Or they can help out a client. Like uh, we we were approached by um, a holiday park that wanted to redecorate their houses in a sustainable way. Well, they need a couch and they need paint and they need a floor. So we try to get all these companies working together and then provide them with a one-stop solution, actually. What makes us unique, I think that's maybe nice to, to tell as well, is that we work for, um, according to the sub we develop it ourselves, and it stands for safe use and buy. So we are not only working with sustainable new products, but we also work with second-hand and repair and safe part, because that's the most sustainable part. So we not only work with Yeah, sustainable new companies. We also connect like secondhand shops, thrift shops, uh, upholsters, furniture makers, things like that. And we also combine it with the use, like the new business models that arise, like not paying for uh, possession, but yeah, pay for usage of the stuff you have. Like for example, children's rooms or or baby stuff, you only need it for a couple of months. Why why do you need to buy all of this? Uh, You can better maybe rent it or lease it or things like that. That's quite unique.
0: That is unique. I think you have put together the three three type of in your business model. Then we can go deeper on it. You have the uh, recycle one in the save, which making people to get second hand furniture to reuse what they have. So they have also the servitization. So if you cannot reuse, you you rent it out, and the third one you connect with the local uh, artisans and people to buy. But that they can put in a sustainable way.
1: Yeah, and, and connect that again to the safe part. So then the whole circle is round again. Eh? So if you have to sustain the new sustainable uh, products at the end of life, we also want to connect them again or also stimulate them to also go in the reuse or in the safe, also do something with the safe part, actually, not only making new sustainable products, but also think of new business models by making it modular or easy to repair. or I mean, it all starts with the design, how you design your stuff. Then it becomes easier to reuse in the end.
0: Very incredible. Very nice. Since you are an expert now in interior design, which is the the main underlying problem with our model that is currently in use? And how have you seen the impact of your startup, the substitute to tackle that?
1: I think with with most of the stuff we have right now, we, we consume so much. I mean, not that long ago, I think the furniture sector was still quite sustainable in itself. People bought some furniture when they got married or they got some, got some furniture and then they stick to the same couch or table or chairs for the rest of their lifetime sort of but with I don't know our consumerism and, and the, the way our consumption patterns changed yeah we really use all this stuff only for a very short time I think like in fashion you see it really 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 well it's even going yeah I mean the fast fashion change uh, are changing their um, collection every week that's terrible but in furniture you saw the same trend like also with Ikea Ikea came with design for the masses which was really cool I think that still yeah, they made it a, a new furniture really af- affordable and available for a, a big group of people but with that we also changed how often we change the interior or our houses in general we change it every seven years which is quite quick as well and that, that's the impact you see and we and also because of the the higher prices and everything like Europe was really a, co- a continent. Yeah, really a furniture continent. We have a lot of stuff. We have wood. We've got um, leather in Italy. You've got. We've got a lot of good design um, schools. Also, there's a lot of knowledge here. But we we shifted our production, most of our production, to China and Asia with all the problems that we have there also that like uh, child labor or forced labor with, uh, we changed it like a pollution there was just a report released in the netherlands also on the it was on the textile companies but also ikea was mentioned like they were having some production there uh, in india where the the people working there were not really working on a didn't have good Circumstances of working there. Actually, we've got the same problem, and it, it's I don't know. In in the Netherlands, we have got run. It's, it's also called a lot of it's hidden impact. We don't see it anymore, so we don't have the attachment anymore to where a product comes from, who made the product, how it's made, um, or what are the issues that arise with that. And mm-hmm. we throw away like around eleven million tons of furniture every year, only in the EU. And all this furniture, only ten percent of this furniture at the moment is recycled. And all this furniture ends up in landfill or is incinerated with all the problems and the CO2 impact. Our main mission is to accelerate the sustainability transition in the sector. We hope we can reduce this number of furniture we throw away because a lot of furniture is perfectly fine for reuse if it's from, from wood uh, or if, if it's designed in, an, uh, in a different way.
0: Wow, so you really t- try to tackle the recycling and reuse, framing it with SDG, but also the social part with the social consequences of our purchase, especially what you mentioned, and really also extending the life shell of, uh, and reusing the material, and also using sustainable materials. It's really uh, incredible what you said, 11 million ton. it's really a 90% going to the landfill. It's shocking. It's really a real mission.
1: Yeah, and we try to do it in two ways. Like on the one hand, we target the companies themselves and we help them with their production methods. So now we asked by a a big uh, furniture company in the Netherlands to look into their production, to look into their chain of production and see what's the impact right now and how they could improve it. So that's really cool. So we're looking into the production side in one part. And on the other hand, we want to change consumer patterns and help people make sustainable choices in an easy way and show them that it's beautiful and easy. And that's what we do with the submethod, like with the Save, Use, and Buy. We want to make it easy for people to find all these small companies and make better choices. Let me
0: ask you now, how do you make money? Because also we need to get the financial bit. You have the purpose, but as a startup, as a businesswoman, what is your financial model?
1: Yeah. Uh, We've got three different activities As we say. One is the community itself. So people that are part of the community pay a membership fee, 365 euros per year, one euro per day. We really aimed at keeping a membership fee as low as possible because there are a lot of small companies also active and a lot of startups, innovative young companies also active in the market. They don't have that much money to put in marketing. And so we, we, keep this as low as possible and we combine it with some partnerships launching partners some bigger companies like for example blue movement uh, as air insurance Uh, there are bigger companies in the netherlands that support our movement blue movement is a use concept of they started first from bosch from the washing machines and dishwashers and things like that so they developed a lease concept And Azure Insurance is a company that's really looking into if you have damage on your floor, for example, and normally they, they change the whole floor. Uh, but it's just necessary because it's not really sustainable. Maybe you can just better just only repair a certain part and then you've got the same um, idea. So they're all bigger companies that support our movement. And um, so that's the one part, the membership part of the community and the platform. We organize events of which the Sustainable Living Fair in itself is the biggest one. So then we just like a regular fair, you sell your your little shops and people pay a small Fee to enter the fair and this the third part we're now really building is not more the knowledge institute and then we're looking into developing educational programs or programs that help the not sustainable furniture sector or the just the regular sector that will help them become more sustainable so we really take the knowledge and innovation power of our community and connect it to the bigger companies that want to make a change So we're developing some one-on-one coaching and some one-on-one consultancy trajectories, but we also look into getting more data. It's really difficult. We don't have a lot of impact data yet in the sector. Like I know that we have this 11 million tons that we throw away, like only 10% is recycled. But what we don't know yet is like, if you have a couch, you have got the foam, you've got wood, you've got fabrics, like what's the impact of all the different materials? And it Like for clothing, you have more insights already in like if your shirt is made of cotton or linen or, but it's only one fabric, like in furniture, it's quite complex because you've got a lot of different products, which are made mostly of more than one material. So what's the impact of all these materials? That's something that we don't know yet. That information is not yet that widely available. So that's the first thing we're working on, like get this data get the right data that's independent uh, yeah independently sourced though to get that and and to turn that into something people can work with like okay if i uh, buy my cabinet in the netherlands the impact is way less than when i buy it in china but the same goes when it's from made from steel or from wood so people just need to know what choices they have and how they can make better choices.
0: Perfect. So you have a community part, you have the collaboration with the enterprises, you have the traditional fair, and you have the new, let us put it, data, and also evaluation of impact. Are you going also to do the labeling maybe of uh, furniture? as is done maybe in some industry, in some startups, I was reading about maybe electrical power. What do you
1: mean with the labeling, like with... Um, uh,
0: like for the customers to put and for me to choose, you know, and a, a more sustainable furniture or no, with your data. At
1: the moment, we're focusing on uh, maximum transparency because it's really difficult because you could work with life cycle analysis and things like that, but it's really aimed at one product in one chain, yeah, for one company most of the time, so it's not that interchangeable, and it's really expensive for most companies, smaller companies, to do a life cycle analysis like that. And I always have a, but that's my personal opinion. It's more like you've got these, um, how do you call them? Like indeed, these labelings, or like they say, this is this is approved. It's also very expensive to have like an organization in place that checks this and and validates it. And and still a lot goes wrong with all these stamps people get. So me myself, I'm I'm a big fan of being maximum transparent at this stage because it also helps in learning from each other. Like we, we, we talk to a lot of companies that are making progress in the sustainability side of their business but don't dare to tell anything about it because they're afraid like the consumers would misjudge it. While we really stimulate that people are open on what works well already and what's still a big challenge. I mean, there are still so many challenges we have to tackle as an industry, let's be open about it and let's see if we can work together or work something out instead of being afraid of um, yeah, being judged that something doesn't. Because a lot of times people really thought about it, but the adhesive or uh, coating or something is not good enough yet. Even if it's natural, it's not good enough yet. To You have to buy new furniture way quicker than when you use the old stuff that's maybe less sustainable. But it might be better for in the long run to still use that until we find a good solution for the other natural substitutes.
0: That is interesting. You have an incremental view, and then from there, you can also help the industry to change you know, in a slowly, but also with what you say, maximum transparency in what they are doing. Let me ask you one thing. Do you have any story of, of your impact so far?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is that our impact is now seeing the community, seeing it all together, Like uh, on the platform in itself, you can see that there are second-hand people that are selling second-hand, but also selling used concepts and um, sustainable new products. And, And we had a very nice launching event actually, which was all online, of course. But we uh, we saw that a lot of people already worked together. So the impact was it's more on partnerships that arise and people learning from each other. A lot of like Blue Movement was telling about their lease concept. So a lot of the companies present wanted to learn more about that. We had Yumeko, which is a very big company in sustainable bedding in the Netherlands. It started out small, but it's really a scale up now. It's really reaching for the masses. It's a really good example for a lot of the smaller companies to see how they did that and what are the challenges and learn from each other and yeah we had people like somebody was working in a hotel chain and they needed more different products so uh, she was going around like oh i think you have a very cool product Would you join us as well and can we talk and um what's really nice we we also and i didn't tell it yet but In our community, we also work together with the interior professionals, so the stylists and interior decorators and architects. Uh, They're also part of the community because we believe they're the chain between the consumers and uh, the brands. So we saw a lot of nice partnerships arise there as well. But the first thing we're working on right now is getting the concept of fast furniture on the agenda. And we did a lot of press and we're still working on that, like getting people to know the concept of fast furniture and make people aware of the fact that also in your interior, you have to pay attention or who made your product, what materials made, things like that. Yeah.
0: Wow. So you are a real enabler and a transformation enabler for the panorama of the home interior and renovation in industry in the Netherlands.
1: That's what we want to be, at least. That's what, that's, what, that's what we're working on. We now made an infographic with one of our interns. Infographic, and we're going to launch it uh, quickly in the coming weeks, I think. Uh, also on fast furniture. That's the first step. We have to work on knowledge first and then get people to know the concept.
0: Which I think is often overlooked and not really mainstream. In your journey as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as a champion of sustainability, which are the lessons, Lan, that you want to share Which is What are the challenges and that you have encountered? Ooh,
1: yeah, <laughs> a lot of challenges. I think it's an easy job to start a new company. I think it goes with a lot of highs and lows. So the most important thing is if you believe that you have a good idea and if you believe you can make an impact, you should go for it and trust your gut feeling in that, that really helps. And I still know that uh, when we just started with the fair, we only had like four months of organizing it, which was also in the middle of the summer holidays in the Netherlands. So a lot of companies were not like these decisions weren't made or things like that. And I know we had one point that we had to decide, are we are we going to make it? Are we not going to make it The fair? Are we going to go for it? And then I still know I had such a strong gut feeling, like this should happen, and uh, Machtelt had the same. We both had that strong gut feeling of like we have to make this happen, and um, yeah, then then you have to jump, just go for it. I think that's the main lesson, and 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 you need it also. I mean, we were working now for. Almost two years already on on this, and um, we just start now to make some money. Actually, in the beginning, it's a lot of investment of your time, energy, money to get it started. Yeah, and you need to believe in it. Otherwise, you can't can't go on. And you need to really like it as well. I mean, you you sacrifice quite some. Uh, like when I was a banker, I had a very different income that I have right now. Like for example, it was really different. But also in like your time, yeah, we were just discussing. I was still working a little bit while being pregnant and actually being on maternity leave just to finish something up so you invest a lot so you really have to believe in it and like it to make it happen
0: wow so it's really a combination a combination of passion a combination also of grit you know to be able to overcome the obstacles and and really like what you're doing and also the gut feeling that. You want that you you know something that it is impossible until it is not realized. so it's really the saying it's really true. so it, you have done a wonderful thing.
1: And also know when something is not your the the thing you should. I mean, we also made a lot of choices that were yeah well like with the fair, we never did that before, so it was quite. Uh, challenging i think we were still building up the fair while we already had a press round and things like that because we ne- we had the f- wrong fabric that you couldn't use to decorate like the the stands in the fair things like that so uh, we had to change it so you've got, you get a lot of challenges like uh, you don't think of before you start and um you sort of have to like to to tackle them and also I'm, I'm quite a perfectionist so I, I find this quite hard sometimes I think my business partner is better in that but um, you always have new challenges that you have to find solutions for
0: when you talk you talk with a smile and with passion and you really you can see visualizing what you're doing so you really you can see your passion transpiring from your world it's an incredible statement that you are making because it's a tough industry it's not the easiest one
1: no not at all it's also a very um, traditional industry a lot of them are not even did did like the digital transformation a lot of the companies didn't even go into selling online although they had to change last year that i think corona really made the difference in there but it's quite a um, traditional industry that that's not really open to change always but well they have to i think a lot of legislation is changing right now as well uh, that they have to Uh, know better where their products come from and how it's made but uh no i I like it a lot i um what we're working on and also i really like the companies we're working with with, because we're just an enabler we it's it's our community who's doing a lot of the stuff and who is trying out new materials and new business models and we are just trying to shed a light on all these these great ideas and connect them together to make it go faster
0: wonderful that it was uh a wonderful lesson. Tough industry, a woman, you are pregnant, oh, yes. and congratulations <laughs> for that. You have quitted a job that was high rewarding to follow your passion. A, a real incredible lesson. And I'm, I want also already to book yourself uh, for a second episode, you know, maybe in one year to understand where you have reached and the impact you have done. So,
1: yeah, that's good. Yeah, because we just started out with the impact, so it's still small, but it would be nice to do this in one year. I think it's really cool that this one, like bigger also, so some bigger companies that are already active in the furniture industry for a long time, that, that are approaching us, us to see, hey, can you help us out? So it, I think that's really cool that we already, that there's um, a need for what we're doing and people want to make an impact. I think if we can change some of these Like the impact is on the one hand, like having these smaller companies grow. So people are more buying the sustainable alternative, the sustainable, the substitute, the sustainable alternative for the products they're buying right now. That's one of the impacts we make. But on the other hand, also the production of the bigger companies that are already providing furniture to the masses. If they change some stuff in their production model, then the impact is also really big. And um, if we can do those two things, I think... uh, I will be very happy uh, in one year.
0: Wonderful. Marike, you have done a wonderful episode. I think it's great. And we thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for
0: this interview. It was really nice. Thank you, Marike. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? In the next one, we will talk about reporting. Stay tuned.